0: Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast.
1: I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Grown Up Kids. This episode is sponsored by Christina Swan. Thank you, Christina. Thanks for supporting us. You and all our other patrons and all our listeners are awesome. I'm Katie, and I'm Megan, and today we're being joined by two new guests. We have fellow podcaster Amy. How you doing?
2: Good. Excited to be here.
1: We're excited to have you, and we also have
0: Lauren. How are you doing?
3: Doing great. Really excited to be
0: on the show. Thank you guys for joining us. We're happy to have two new voices. hmm Um, And disclaimer, Katie and I are both sick, so we probably sound different, and there's probably going to be some coughing. I apologize. We'll do our best to edit. Yep. Alrighty, so Disney Profiles, since we've got two new guests, um, we'll have Lauren answer first and then Amy. So how did you get into Disney?
3: Uh, I can't remember getting into Disney. It's just always been in our house, kind of like a lot of Disney fans. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom would buy all the VHS tapes, and uh, I'm an only child, so I don't know if that made a big difference mm-hmm. in my love for Disney. But that was kind of my go-to. <laughs> like I would just immerse myself in all the Disney movies and films, and just loved, just grew up to love everything Disney and. Um, my whole family was kind of the same way. My cousins, my grandparents had Disney in the house. So it was just kind of a family thing. No idea where it came from. I think just everyone loves Disney. So it just naturally is around kids. And then I just kept loving it the more I grew up. (laughs) Still love it just as much.
1: I love that. How about you, Amy?
2: So in the 80s, we had cable. (laughs) (laughs) So Channel 40 was disney channel i can still remember that to this day and so i used to watch it all the time and my grandparents on my father's side lived about within two hours of disney world so every time we went down to visit them we would usually go at least for a couple of days during the trip to disney world so i went to disney world a lot as a kid (laughs) very exciting and other than that like like lauren said it's just kind of always been there disney you know part of your life type of type type of a thing my first childhood memory is from epcot is from disney i can like (laughs) so it goes that far back
0: (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) i kind of like wonder if mine is but it also could just be because of home videos that like i've watched but i think that my first memory is at magic kingdom i don't know my first memory has nothing to do with disney (laughs) lame, Katie.
1: I was building Legos with my dad, and we made the coolest thing ever, okay? That's not lame. Did you make a castle? No, we made a bridge. Mm. Maybe it was (laughs) the
0: bridge to the castle at Disneyland.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so who would you guys say is your favorite character?
3: Um... Anyone who knows me could answer this question for me. Belle is my favorite all day, every day. <laughs> she, <yeah. laughs> She's always been my favorite, as long as I can remember. Um, when when I was a little girl, I know it was as simple as she was the only Disney princess that looked anything like me, so I mm-hmm. could relate to her. She was the only one that had brown hair, um, the fair skin, and just everything like that. I didn't look like any other Disney princess. So I think that's why I originally gravitated towards her. Um, and she loved to read and I loved books. And so I just loved everything about her. But then the more I grew up, um, I still loved her because I learned, uh, just what an independent person she was. And I know a lot of people talk about how, um, who was it? Uh, I forget which Disney princess. Oh, um, from Brave. Merida. How mm-hmm. they say she's the first one to not want a prince in her story. Like, she's the first princess. But that's not true. I think Belle was. She's the first one that her story wasn't about finding true love. Like, she wanted adventure. and oh,
0: I can dig that. Um, I like that.
3: And uh, that's what I really liked about her when I made that connection. It was like, she even has, like, the the man of the town that every girl would give anything to be with and every guy would give anything to be like begging for her to marry him. And she's saying, no, it's yeah. like, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> and just because everyone says I should be with you doesn't mean that's what I should be doing. Cause I want more than this. And so I just liked how independent she was and how kind she was. And she just seemed like the most well-rounded person ever. And I just really appreciated that about her.
1: I love I love when people find like their character and they're so fierce about <laughs> it. It's the best. <laughs> like I will yeah. defend you to the death. Well, no,
0: like that <laughs> happened. That happened with our friend Sarah with like the very first episode, Snow White. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I had no connections to Snow White whatsoever, but like I can definitely appreciate her character now because mm-hmm. of like connections that we made in that episode. Mm-hmm. So
2: agreed. How about you, Amy? Well, my favorite character would be Figment from yeah. Epcot, from *Journey <laughs> into him. Imagination*. He is just my absolute favorite. He is, you know, the spirit of imagination. So really, kind of the spirit of Disney. You know, just wonderfulness. Um, and I've loved him since I was a little girl. In fact, to to my left, or. My right, I have like three or four different Figment stuffed animals that like I've gotten the last like three months. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No shame. People keep giving them to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you find that old Figment stuff like on eBay, it's all so cool. I have some Figment next <laughs> yep. to me. Yeah, it's, it's just like all because I feel like Figment doesn't get the light he deserves. He's starting to again. But uh, his old stuff is really neat. Oh. I love him in his little sweat.
2: Oh, you have my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> you have the little spacesuit figment. I
0: love space sharing figments. figments. I have another one. Where is he?
1: This Oh here. little,
0: oh, little, little oh, I love him too. Food. Is that pigment figment? Pigment figment. <laughs> 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 I love I love Pigment. He's definitely my favorite park character if I like could break it down by category. So you yes, i have to. Yeah, you do, because then there's also yeah. Big Al. Yeah. I like him too. But that's <laughs> that's for the Country Bears episode. Because that did become yeah. a movie, so <laughs> Um, alrighty, what are your guys' favorite movies? I'm guessing Lauren, yours probably correlates with your favorite character, which is okay, but
3: that's my yes, favorite. it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Beauty and the Beast <laughs> for sure. Um, again, just because of my love of Belle, but I also just loved the the story. Growing up, and uh, even as a little girl, I was just obsessed with the, everything about it—the music the the style, the colors, the characters, just everything about that story just really grabbed on to me. And again, as I continue to grow, it like I kept finding new things I loved about it. Like when I learned about symbolism in school, mm-hmm. and I started to see it in like all kinds of stuff. I love the symbolism in Beauty and the Beast. Um, like the colors are huge in their role of telling the story. Like uh, I realized. And then did my own research about it, because I'm that Disney nerd. <laughs> but um, I love it. <laughs> that, um, Belle and Beast are the only ones in the whole film that have any shade of blue mm-hmm. in their clothes. And that's because blue represents um, Innocence and sometimes the outcast. Mm-hmm. And they're both the outcast in the film. Um, and then... Beast's colors in the beginning are very muted and dark, but then as he and Belle grow closer and he his, he kind of melts, in a sense, his colors get brighter, and then by the end he's in white because he's like renewed. And so okay. Okay. I was just like, man, they they Disney never fails to disappoint in their detail. That's yeah. why I love yeah. them so much. They they pay attention oh. to everything. Um, but yeah, Beauty and the Beast is definitely my favorite. To the point, it's a, its probably a little out of control. Like anyone who knows me can tell you that. Like, um, I'm getting married this weekend, and our wedding is slightly inspired by Beauty and the Beast in the sense that you know it's lots of gold, roses, kind of French, that's in a amazing. sense. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's how much I love it. And my fiance allows me to just take that <laughs> I told him I promise there aren't going to be cutouts of Belle and Beast it's not like that it's just I love the style and um I don't know if anyone else remembers but because um, we're the same age I'm, I'm 28 years old as well and when we were kids there was a show on ABC on Saturday mornings it was called uh Sing Me a Story it was with Belle was live action and it was like the kids in town would come to the library where bell was hanging out and bell would tell them stories Oh my! but God. they were always yeah. like they were like mickey cartoons or like the old cartoons that they did and they would just kind of let bell tell the story uh, and yeah i remember that um, i used to love that show and i yeah. found out all the episodes are on youtube now <laughs> <laughs> that's great Oh, the rabbit hole. <laughs> exactly. i YouTube. I love you. You have my childhood all, all over the place. Like, I'll, it may take a while, but I'll find it eventually. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, anything related to Beauty and the Beast is my favorite. But um, I also love all the classics, like Pollyanna, Mary Poppins, um Oh, I Swiss Family Robinsons, that's a huge favorite in our family, so I love all the adventure stuff as well, but Beauty and the Beast is always going to win, so. Yeah, understandable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I love, I mean, is is this girl on uh, Beauty and the Beast? Because I think she needs to be.
3: (laughs) I know. I know, it's already taken up, so someone got that that one. I call for slots, so. (laughs)
0: We're gonna be
1: like half. We're gonna be doing that episode and You're gonna be screaming at us like in your car Listening to it or whatever <laughs> About all the things you know
3: <laughs> Like I have something to say
0: <laughs> How about you Amy?
2: So Sleeping Beauty Would actually be my favorite Disney movie um, As a child I never really had a Favorite Disney princess. I didn't really like super identify with any of them, but I so I just really, you know, Sleeping Beauty. I just love the movie. It was so beautiful from like both a visual and audio standpoint. Like the music's absolutely gorgeous, obviously. The uh, what's the word? The aesthetic aesthetic of sleeping beauty was just absolutely amazing everything like the backgrounds everything's like straight lines and squared off on us instead of being like rounded even like the trees and the bushes and all that i know they did um disneyland paris a little bit to to look you know to look more like that from sleeping beauty so i'm really excited to visit there someday but it just was always my favorite movie there's a lot going on you know with Maleficent and the dragon, it was always just, like, super exciting, and I, I remember when I was little watching when the three good fairies are giving her her gifts, mm-hmm. and it was just, like, like mini Fantasia <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to me anyways. Yeah, you're
0: so right. <laughs> I haven't seen Sleeping Beauty in a really long time, and I'm excited to watch it again. It's coming up soon. I know, sort of. Sooner it's... than Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, i got to wait a little time for that
1: one. i bet. Little bit. So if you guys have been to a Disney park, uh what would be your favorite? And if you haven't, what do you think your favorite would be?
3: Um it's been a long time but I have been to multiple Disney parks. The last time I was there I was I think I was twelve years old, so it's been a while but uh... From what I remember, I think Magic Kingdom's my favorite. It just had, I just remember all my favorite moments happened there, whether it was the restaurant we were in or the shops or the characters we interacted with. Um, Cinderella's castle is classic. Mm -hmm. And I I loved that all the classic things were there. Um, So that was my favorite, but it's hard to choose because I also really loved Animal Kingdom. Which...
1: We got a, we got a over here.
3: <laughs> I, I don't think <laughs> I expected to love it that much, but um, it was yeah. just so different than everything else they have.
1: You need to go back because they have an entire section dedicated to uh, Beauty and the Beast, and you would probably die. So. Man- <laughs> yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> is, that, is that in Epcot? Magic no, it's Magic Kingdom. Kingdom. It is in Magic Kingdom? Mm-hmm.
0: It's yeah, in the new really Fantasyland area in the back of the park. Yeah, you'll probably lose your you mind. You can eat at our guest, <laughs> and you can do story tales. Okay, hold on. enchanted ta- oh, yeah. Enchanted Tales with Belle is beautiful. It's like they have the magic mirror, and you, like, walk through it, like, into Belle's world. It's wow. the I don't know coolest, how they do it. It's the coolest thing ever to watch. Yeah. Like, it transform into <laughs> this doorway, and then you're, like, in oh, the castle much. all of a sudden. It blows your mind. It's beautiful.
3: (laughs) We do want to take a trip um, in the next few years, like before we ever have kids. We've agreed we need to do an adult only trip to Disney. So that's definitely number one on my list (laughs) for where to go. Yeah. You'll like it. What about you, Amy?
2: Epcot. Epcot. Definitely. (laughs) A little bit. Um, So. Since I was a little, me and my brothers, that has always been our favorite park. So even when we were little toddlers um, visiting, Epcot was always our favorite park. We loved Future World. We loved the World Showcase. Obviously, we loved Figment. Um, like, when I go to Disney World, I give Spaceship Earth a big hug the first time I see it on the trip. <laughs> and then I give it a hug goodbye the last time i see it on the trip we have some awkward pictures but you know i'm just hugging spaceship earth um i do miss the original like future world the you know 1980s v- version of the future but you know it's have to change but i'm both cautiously optimistic and really excited for the new changes that are set out to be coming to epcot oh, yeah
0: there's a lot coming there's, i mean like epcot is gonna be like a new park yeah. in a couple years, yeah. it's gonna be crazy cool. I think it'll be good changes. I mean i I am the same way where I like the original things that I saw when I was little because it's nostalgic and that's what you fall in love with first. But hashtag wishes. Oh, well, that's actually not even the first fireworks show that I ever saw at Magic know, Kingdom, but, like, but it is my favorite. But anyway, uh, that's another conversation. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm excited for like the resort that's they're gonna build like in the front of Epcot. Yeah, that's gonna be really. Cool. That's gonna be exciting. I really so. like
1: that you said that you've always loved it, even as a kid, because that seems usually, that's, like
0: always considered an adult park, right? And know? like
1: whenever, because yeah. people ask mainly Meg like advice for their Disney trips, and if they have kids, usually she's like, do like a half day at Epcot.
0: I just usually for the kids. suggest that. Especially if they only have so many days there. Right. But yeah. Because
1: it is more of an adult park. But I love that you just loved everything about yeah. it. That's awesome.
2: So. Oh, yeah. When we were little, my mother would be talking to people, you know, asking for advice going Disney. Because we went a lot. And they'd be like, well, I heard Epcot wasn't really, you know, good for kids. And she's like, no, go. Take your kids. <laughs> do it all. It's amazing. They'll love it. And everyone who would listen to her always had a great time, so...
1: Yeah, I mean it's a yeah. It's becoming well, a. It was more of an underrated park, but now I feel I don't know. But now I mean I'm loving it more. They got all these festivals, which we I think we've talked about oh, a lot on this
0: podcast. Oh yeah, but, yeah, the festivals at Epcot are amazing.
2: Oh yeah, and. This is all, like, my original memories are all pre-festival, so. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm a little older than you guys. <laughs> Just a little.
0: I think that whenever, no, I feel like I always remember the, the Flower and Garden Festival whenever I was younger. You always talk about it. Because we that. always would go in the springtime. So I think that's the festival we saw the most, but. All right. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. um, What are your favorite, <laughs> what's your favorite Disney memory? <laughs>
3: Uh, For me, um, I know it's about to change, and next time I (laughs) would have talked to you guys, it'd be my honeymoon, because it's the Disney Cruise, and I know whatever happens, that'll be my new favorite Disney memory, but um, my current one is from my very first trip to Disney World. Um, I've been twice the first time I was four years old, and I remember we, we got to see the you know, the princesses all day long, and we got to Aladdin and Jasmine, we, we'd been looking for them and finally found them. But they at the time were like surrounded by teenagers, like just hopping in and wanting them to sign their book. And um, I kept running up to Aladdin or Jasmine, but I kept getting pushed out of the way by teenagers, teeny tiny little thing. I'm like, now thinking about it, I'm like, I would never do that as a little girl, but (laughs) it's still real to me, so um, I think I tried, like, four times to run up to them, and one time I actually even was hugging Jasmine's legs, and I still got pushed out of the way, and I just got frustrated and started to cry at my mom, and she's, like, consoling me, and then all of a sudden I heard someone calling my name, and I look over, and Aladdin is, like, crouched down with, like, his arms extended out to me, calling for me to come over to them, and... And they, they, they just stopped everything to let me come see them. But by that time, I was too embarrassed and couldn't go back oh. over to them. So, um, well, that's nice but I just tried. But I know. I thought that was just so sweet. Now, being grown and you can appreciate that, just how awesome that was that um, those two would stop everything and actually stop people from coming to them because they saw this little girl trying to spend time with them and mm-hmm. uh, my mom did take me she went over with me and <laughs> we did get to talk to them because I was too shy to go on my own at that point but <laughs> um but I just really loved that they stopped everything to take the time to focus on me and that they noticed me that was really sweet I like
1: that sounds like a very oh, Aladdin and Jasmine thing to do mm-hmm. doesn't it though? <laughs> all right Amy you're up
2: so it's a toss-up. So I'll just mention one and then give you the other. The toss-up would be between eating at the chef's table at Victoria and Alberts,
1: okay.
2: <laughs> and uh, which, yeah, which would take me a long time to talk about. So we'll just we'll just go to my the other option, which was <laughs> it did have a solo day by myself one time. Like I've actually gone on solo trips since then, but uh, in 19, 19- no. 2013, um, I had gone, or 12, 12 or 13, I had gone down for the Princess Half Marathon and my parents came and then they went off to Florida and I went with uh, Julie and my other, our other friend Amanda. Julie had gone home and Amanda was like four or five months pregnant. So it was the last day of our trip and she was just exhausted. So I went off on my own and did like my solo Disney day and I was celebrating my, my birthday and it was just like, so much dig- Disney magic. Like I wasn't asking for anything. It was just like I realized I just said like eight times. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was. I went to the Brown Derby and oh, that's good. They surprised me with dessert, which was just like amazing. And then I hopped around the different parks and I ended at Magic Kingdom because Magic Kingdom was ha- having the extra Magic hours. And I'm one of the last people out of the park type of a situation. And I'm just like high on Disney magic. And I get on the bus and I'm just like talking to everybody. Get back to my hotel. And the bus driver like stops once we get to our stop. And he's like, hold on, hold on. And he pulls and he grabs this box and he opens this box. And it's these big giant plastic like costume jewelry rings. And he's like, princess, have a ring. And I'm like crying as he's like giving me this ring and i still have it it's big and purple and i love it it was just kind of like a cherry on the sunday that was my disney trip
0: that's awesome that's amazing i um i've never had a chance to do solo day i don't know if i would now that i'm married to somebody who loves disney as much as i do so but that's not a bad problem to have so i'm can't complain. Well,
1: like you might have like when we worked there, you might have before a I shift. guess, yeah. Like, like not a solo had, day, solo hours. I had some time
0: <laughs> to just do my thing before yeah. like my shift would start at Disney. Yeah. Those were some long days.
1: Whew. <laughs> yes, they were.
0: Alrighty. So today we're gonna be discussing Johnny Tremaine. Now that we've gotten Disney profiles taken care of. Mhm
1: run johnny run that's what the poster says i don't know why because it's paul revere's ride not johnny tremaine's ride but <laughs> and he rides a horse so he's not even running anyway i don't know <laughs> i know well, some people we had to
2: run across boston
0: <laughs> i know some people wait to like here, if I liked the movie or not, before they go and watch it, before we like actually start discussing it. So I just wanted to give the disclaimer, guys, that I really liked this movie. <laughs> so we
1: have a new section.
0: If you Next thumbs up for section. <laughs> so if you have been waiting to find out if I fell asleep for the movie or not, I didn't. It was really good. I enjoyed it, and you should watch it before you continue listening.
1: Agreed. It was a
0: really good, really good movie. Alright, so it's time for the 32nd Disney Dash. I'll let you do it by yourself, I'm sorry. That's okay. Who
1: wants to go first?
0: I'll go first. Okay. Meg's leading off. No prep. I never did. As per usual. I have to try and remember the movie now. Hold on. I know, because we watched (laughs) two grown-up kids' movies. Yesterday. Yesterday.
1: Which I guess I didn't realize that's kind of what we call it in our head. Oh, we have to watch a movie for grown-up kids. <laughs> yeah. But, so, uh, yeah, I had to, like, I actually wrote down my 30-second Disney Dash again this time, and I had to be like, okay, it wasn't about Old Yeller. Yeah, we watched it was Johnny, Johnny Tremaine, Tremaine <laughs> and Old Yeller yesterday.
0: <laughs> Two drastically different movies. <laughs> Very. <laughs> Are you ready? I think so. Okay.
2: You sure? Mm-hmm.
0: All right. On your mark, get set. So Johnny Tremaine is an apprentice uh, for a silversmith, I guess is what you call it. I'm talking too slow, and I'm going to use up all my time. Um, and he injures his hand and can't use it anymore, so then he loses his apprenticeship and tries to find another job. He ends up joining the Sons of Liberty, and that's when we watch the Boston Tea Party happen, and Paul Revere is there, and we watch how the wharf. I'm done. Yep, you are. (laughs) Buzzer's gonna go off. (laughs) I knew that it was time. But
1: but you did good with what you had.
0: You know what I mean? There's so much that happens in this movie that it I it was hard. Yeah, when I sat down to write mine,
1: I was like I was in the first part and I was like, this is like the first fifteen minutes. Like, well how am I gonna fit the rest of it in (laughs) there? Yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. How about we have one of our listeners go? Guests, I can do it. Guests, they're also listeners. All right. I know, okay.
0: <laughs> We're having a mini argument over here. Okay, <laughs> okay.
2: are you ready? There are you ready? we go. I'm just moving it. Yep, okay. I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> on your mark. Cocky silversmith apprentice. Oh, sorry,
0: <laughs> you're so <laughs> eager. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say go so we can hit the timer. <laughs>
2: Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, I laughed and now I'm coughing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> On your mark. get I. Go cocky silversmith apprentice Johnny Tremaine accepts job for his math return despite being helped from Paul Revere it's just not happening Johnny breaks a sabbath in order to finish job his master's dim wife knocks over molten silver and Johnny destroying his hand no longer able to smith Johnny looks for work and finds none until Rad gives him a job as a messenger for the Sons of Liberty he goes to relation Mr. Live for health. Johnny is arrested for his trouble but gets off because of Scylla Johnny continues his work for the Sons of Liberty and is strongly involved in the Boston Tea Party Paul Revere's ride in the Battles of I think <sighs> Crawford. Sam Adams' face is enormous.
0: So close, so close! The buzzer's gonna cover, like,
2: the last
0: three words that you said, <laughs> yeah. but you were really close to 30 seconds.
2: Yeah.
1: That was good. That was the was the really last good. three
2: words weren't important. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was good. Lauren, do you want to go? You. Or do you want to go later? Yeah.
3: Okay. I wrote mine down and have not practiced it, so we'll see how this goes. Oh, but... that's,
1: oh that's my favorite.
3: All right. higher mark. <laughs> Get
1: set and
3: go. Johnny Tremaine is a young apprentice excited to make a name for himself. At his first solo attempt at pouring a silver cup, he burns his hand, leaving it useless. Even though no one will hire him, he doesn't give up by trying out new trades. He is recruited by the Sons of Liberty to be their secret messenger between meetings in order to take down the tyrants of England. Johnny needs money and is accused of stealing the Light Family Cup after his claim to be their relative and is taken to court. After proven innocent, he continues to follow the Sons of Liberty in acts such as the Boston Tea Party, Paul Revere's ride and the Battle of Lexington and Concord after the tea raid. Dr. Mm-hmm. Dr.
0: <laughs>
1: I feel like you and Amy got to the
0: same I spot. I know it was like the same part, and I was I like, "Are left. they going to wrap it up?" <laughs> so listening to but your that guys' was good. As,
1: yeah, listening to your guys' dash, I totally left an entire part of the movie out of mind. But that's okay. Which part? With
0: it. You'll <laughs> find out. You'll Find out. Okay.
3: There was so much in this movie; it was hard to get it all in there. Yeah,
0: there really is this, because especially because it's like historical, you know.
3: Yeah.
2: It was the first like section of the revolution. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Alright, are you ready? I just added it in. Yep.
1: No, you can't do that. You <laughs> <cheater>. <laughs> i do what I want. <laughs>
0: All right, ready? Uh huh. Set. Go. A young boy
1: named Johnny Tremaine is an apprentice to the silversmith. A rich guy named Light comes in and wants a special cup made. Side note, him and Johnny are related. Johnny tries to make the cup, but ends up burning his hand and fusing his fingers together. He can't find work, but eventually finds a home with the Sons of Liberty, a rebel group who are against the Redcoats. They really, really don't like tea. Johnny goes off to court, but gets (laughs) off. Paul Revere has his ride, and Johnny gets his hand
0: fixed. 21 seconds.
3: Nice.
0: She's such a pro. (laughs) I suck at it. She really
1: is. Thank Thank you.
0: So what did you leave out? The court scene. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> Thanks guys. I actually really like that scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. I it was, I thought it was so because like I have zero memory when it comes to like history from high school or anything that I learned ever. Pretty much, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what happens? He, I better not get angry at this. And then I didn't, so it was okay.
1: (laughs) And then I didn't.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, (laughs) like, to be honest here, I knew what the Boston Tea Party was, but, like, I didn't understand the whole concept of it. And, like, what Mm -hmm. it really meant. Or, I'm sure I learned it, but I've just forgotten. Because it's been a while since I was in school. Same, it's okay. So... Now I just focus on, like, typefaces and measurements and design stuff. <laughs> yes, Amy.
2: So so I actually, in fifth grade, got to go to the Boston Tea Party Museum, Ooh, which is fun. in Boston Harbor. And it part of it is like a quote-unquote living museum. So it is a refurbished or whatever you want to use the word rebuilt tea ship. And you get to go and walk around and see how it was and then take big fake boxes of tea and throw them off the sides.
1: I was just gonna ask as, like, a joke if you got to throw tea, and it's real! <laughs> yeah,
2: they're, they're on big ropes, they're on these long ropes, so there's, like, four or five boxes, and they just, like, pull them on. but, um, <laughs> Um, That's awesome. Recently, and of course, I so the date was recently that was the anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. They kind of had like some other tour of reenactment, and I was really bummed that I couldn't go because I wanted to see how that went down.
1: <laughs> New bucket list item. I need to throw tea
0: off the ship. Yeah. You have to. Well, when we go to Boston, we'll have to do that. I'm down. Yes. Let's do it, Boston. Alrighty, so some history on Johnny Tremaine. It is a film from 1957. Uh, it is based on a children's novel of the same name by Esther Forbes, retelling the story of the years in Boston prior to the outbreak of the American Revolution. The movie was directed by Robert Stevenson. Um, it was made for television, but first released to theaters. That's
1: Walt's thing with these lately with these live actions.
0: Yeah, or he'll like take a show and make it a movie like Davy, Davy. Crockett. Davy. Davy Crockett. <laughs> um, so Walt understood the new technology of color television and filmed his Walt Disney anthology television series in color. Um, but the show, which was known as Disneyland at that time, was broadcast in black and white. So after its theater run in 1957, the film was shown in its entirety on television in two episodes In color, then known as the wonderful world of Disney. So it, like, changed because it's wonderful now that it's in color, right? Um, So rather than as a complete film on a single evening, it was on two nights in November of 1958. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, going into those fun
1: facts. Fun facts. Ooh, our cat's getting yelled at. I wonder what he did. (laughs) (laughs) He's a troublemaker. Alright, so as Meg said, uh, this film started with the book Johnny Tremaine, a novel for old and young, by the Massachusetts historian and novelist Esther Forbes. <coughs> She's also the author of Paul Revere and the World He Lived In, which won a Pulitzer Prize. So based on all the, in- the research she did for that, that's how she came to write this book on Johnny Tremaine. Uh, it was awarded the Newbery Medal for Most Distinguished Contribution to Children's Literature of 1943, and it's been in print ever since. I kind of wouldn't mind reading this, because I really yeah. did like it. Um, it's ranked 16th on the list of top-selling books for young people. And though Johnny is a fictional figure, the novel is historically accurate. So for Walt, history was indeed all about the story, and he recognized a good historical story when he read one. We see this a lot with all these live actions. He's a super history buff, I think. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and just loves like oh, yeah. that adventure... I don't know, character. out there. Exactly. So, reportedly, Walt actually personally invited the author, Esther Forbes, to the film's opening in Boston, which she attended in style via limousine.
0: I bet that that was so cool for her, though. Oh,
1: yeah. Like, I don't know if... I don't know if, like, when you write a book, you probably have, like, dreams of things happening, but, like, she's writing, like, historical books. She probably doesn't think anything like that's gonna happen to her, you know? Right.
2: Yeah.
1: And yet, here comes Walt... Inviting you personally to this party. So Johnny Tremaine was directed by Robert Stevenson's... It was Robert Stevenson's first Disney film. That's what I meant to say. As Mike pointed out before. Um, But he said, quote, I was hired for six weeks and I stayed for 20 years. So Walt was so impressed with his work that Robert became his, like, premier live-action director. So he went on to direct Old Yeller and Mary Poppins... Both were for which were nominated for Best Director Oscar.
0: He was. Speaking backwards. I understand. You can understand for me. He was Old Yeller, too, or just Mary Poppins. I, I think he was just nominated for Mary Poppins. Blame the people that wrote this, because these aren't my facts. You just find them. <laughs> I just find
1: them. <laughs> Alright, so we talked about this while we were watching it. Good old Peter Ellenshaw is back again. So he's our guy who's doing all those matte paintings in the background. They're beautiful because if you pay attention and you know, you can see it. But at the same time, it's like if you, your eye is
0: tricking you. If you don't know you that don't. there's, like, paintings in these some of these live-action films, like, uh, you wouldn't notice. Yeah.
2: Go ahead, Amy. That is... That is what the historical parts of, like, Boston and New... Outer, You know, like, outside of Boston, New England look like. By the way, that's, like, accurate.
0: Nice. Yeah, I was saying, as we were watching it, I was yeah. just like, these sets are gorgeous. Like, yeah. this whole area just looks beautiful. Even if it is a painting. <laughs> In the film, at least.
1: Yeah, Um. for Paul Revere's ride, like, that section... Uh, Peter later recalled, there was no set there at all, just the center for the rider and the horse. I painted all the rest of the set in there. That's crazy. So he even, like, incorporated, like, a surprise patriot popping his head out of an upper story window
0: just to, like, give it that realism. I thought that he, and I was like, hold on, is this a painting or is that, like, (laughs) a set? I actually, like, legitimately, I remember seeing that and, like, having that question in my mind when I was watching it.
1: Yeah, this guy's got some skill. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, so, Walt's daughter, Sharon Disney, actually appears as an uncredited role as Dorcas, hmm. who is one of Johnny and Scylla's young friends.
0: Is Scylla the girl? Yes.
1: Whoever wrote this calls her Scylla. <clears throat> we know her as Scylla. Um, in August of 1957. I want to go
0: back and try and find her.
1: That's cool. oh yeah yeah I didn't even think about that. We
2: She's that. um in the scene where Rad is talking to like a big group of like younger people, and he says like, "and Dorcas, such and such and such, um, you oh. know, could, you're gonna do
3: this."
1: Well, that's cool. She even gets a call out. I like it. Go ahead, Lauren.
3: Yeah, um, I saw the fact. I did like my homework first. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I'm gonna cough. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw that she'd have a little cameo in the movie, so I wanted to know, you know, how to find her, and saw that she'd be playing Dorcas, so I kept looking for her and waiting for her, and then they mentioned her, but didn't necessarily show her, but then later, um, I think she, like, brings Priscilla, like, a cup of tea or something, Mm. Um, so you can plainly see her, and she's older than I expected her to be at the time. I expected her to still be in her teens for some reason. I didn't know how old his kids were at that time, but I expect her to be a little younger. She looks like she could be, like, in her 20s, maybe, at the time. So that was just kind of a surprise for me. I figured if he's going to put his daughter in the film, she was probably a little younger. Plus, the kids were younger in the sure. film. Mm-hmm. like So she didn't seem to look their age, not really.
1: I wish I would have done my own research and, like, paid attention to that, but i also have to watch it again, because we did like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, in August of 1957, this film was being shown on a double bill with a film called Funny Face, who starred Fred Auster and the, and Audrey Hepburn. But the reason I liked this, personally, was Fred Auster was a narrator of Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which is, like, one of my childhood favorites <laughs> for Christmas, so I, I thought remember. that was pretty neat. <laughs> and I had to, like, look, like, is this really, like, the claymation one? Awesome, it is. Nice. So that was exciting. Um, the movie was originally filmed as a two-part episode for *The Wonderful World of Color*, as Mike said, um, but it was released into theaters in 1957 and appeared on Disneyland the following year. Hall Stallma- Stallmaster, he's Johnny. He uh, made personal appearances in full colonial-like clothing, including the tri-cornered hat. Um, like he would just like do that. He would show up at like he showed up at the Roosevelt Theater in Chicago where he appeared with, like, some of the other Musketeers. Was he a Um, He guest starred with uh, the Mouseketeers on TV. Oh, I could continue reading the fun fact you're reading. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> because he presented, he presented Johnny Tremaine as a Mouseka preview. A Mouseka preview. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh McDonald's gosh. instead of, like, Mick. Everything's Mouse. Something. <laughs> um, So, as with most Disney films... Um, Johnny Tremaine had a wide assortment of merchandise available. There was pajamas, balloons, pencil boxes, hand puppets. There was like American Revolution type playthings like a toy soldier, um, a complete playset with like red coats and Minutemen figures, bugles, horn sets, um, and of course you could get the tricorn hat.
0: Tricornered? tri-cornered. <laughs> Who well, wrote this, put corned! <laughs> well, maybe you should read it. Before. I did read it! it was, I just did these notes a while ago. Um,
1: But you could get it in two styles, wool and felt, and three sizes. So, people were kind of, like, wondering if it would, like, challenge the coonskin hat for Davy Crockett, but, mm. I mean, it did well, but it was it was Well, I'm just saying,
0: that. they still sell coonskin hats. Haps in Disney World today and I Don't believe that they sell Johnny Tremaine replica hats in Liberty Square though they should that would be kind of Cool
1: yeah you know I've been asking you since my First trip to Disney World to buy me a coonskin Hat and you still won't you say no I'm I mean like
0: you literally I literally Want it don't need one especially
1: now Because now I can appreciate <laughs> I want it
0: <laughs>
1: No Alright, everyone, let's start a revolution of our own here, in spirit of Johnny Tremaine. Let's have Meg buy me a coonskin hat next time we go to Disney.
0: You can count out your quarters for that one. (laughs) For that $25 coonskin hat Worth Frontierland. Worth it. So, as I
1: said, um, it definitely didn't uncrown Crockett's cap, but those... Um, sure. those tri-cornered hats are still, like, rare collector items today. So, if you have one, you could probably sell it for a pretty penny on eBay. I'm gonna look up if there's any on eBay right now, <laughs> see how much they are. Will you buy me one of those? Sure. Why would you buy me a good hat? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Johnny Tremaine was translated into a comic. There was two comic Ooh. books published, um, and fans of the funny pages could open their Sunday newspapers, and the... Walt Disney's Treasury of Classic Tales would showcase Johnny's escapades. Um, so, the Sunday comic version of the film was featured in 58 newspapers from coast to coast with a combined readership of 40 million enthralled comic fans. Jeez. So. Starting on April 7th, 1957, it ran in the Color Funnies for 13 consecutive weeks, which is kind of cool, because there's like 13 colonies, and that kind of like all ties in, and it came to a smashing conclusion on June 30th, just in time for the 4th of July. So they, they, uh... Was this as
0: popular as Peanuts comics? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not,
1: because everyone loves little Snoopy.
0: Guys, I found a Johnny Tremaine hat on eBay. It's only $38. I thought it was going to be more collectible than that.
1: Oh, I don't like it. It has oh. his face That's on it. That's not bad. I just
2: want the hat.
0: Yeah, it's kind of dumb.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> well, Katie, yeah. when you guys come to Boston, trust me, you'll be able to find a tricornered hat. <laughs> I'm excited.
1: I'll wear it everywhere, and I'll embarrass my wife, and it'll be great.
0: <laughs> However, you can you can buy a 1957 paper ad for the Johnny Tremaine hat, and that's twenty five dollars on eBay. See, now I think that's just be for even the cool ad. To have, well, I'm, we're also graphic designers. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I agree that that would be cool to have. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: last fun fact and my favorite because I love when things tie to the parks. So, as a result of this film, Walt plans to add a new theme area called Liberty Square to Disneyland in California. But the project didn't go through, but after Walt's death, Liberty Square was included in Walt Disney World in Florida. So, welcoming freedom lovers of all ages since opening day in October 1st, 1971, Liberty Square boasts that Tremaine touch. Um, But, of course, as we know in the movie, the grandest site in Liberty Square is the Liberty Tree. So, that's an elm. It's the elm pictured on the back of their medals and worn by the Sons of Liberty, and they sing that song that only has two lyri- two lyrics to it, and they just keep singing it and singing it and singing it. <laughs> um, so, they... Where was I? As Walt explains, the medallions were the secret identification badge of the Sons of Liberty. They were called Liberty Tree Medals after the famous elm tree, which stood in the heart of Boston. The Liberty Tree was a rallying point where mass meetings were held and plans were made. So, for Liberty Square they found an oak tree that was already growing on property about six miles from where it currently resides. It was 35 tons, 60 feet wide, and 40 feet high. So they had to, like, plan how to move this because they couldn't just wrap a cable around it, you know, because the bark would be damaged. So they had to drill holes in it and steel rods, and then they used the rods to, like, pick it up with a crane. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was carried out under the direct supervision of an Imagineer, named bill evans and the transplant was a success um so when i love that tree yeah i never realized that it was like significant katie i know that's why i'm (laughs) doing this yes amy
2: so i actually live next to the liberty tree mall (laughs) awesome (laughs) it's that it's 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 not the tree obviously the tree like doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. but it was named for that and they used to have this big sculpture of a tree of the liberty tree the elm tree in it until like 92 and then they got rid of it and it's mysteriously disappeared but side boston thing
1: that's cool though yeah so the tree was already more than 135 years old and later on an infection where those holes were drilled um got into it so they had to like come up with- they couldn't just let this tree die, so the Imagineers, like, crafted a second younger oak into the base, so it's kind of like two trees. So, it's the largest living specimen in Magic Kingdom, and it was saved and continues to thrive as a living symbol of freedom. And this, I didn't get, duh, makes total sense. At night, there's 13 lanterns hanging in the branches, representing (laughs) the 13 original colonies, and they shine, um, To remind
0: us of the Sons of Liberty. Duh. I, like, could have sworn that I had pointed that out to you before. You probably did, but I forget things instantly. Because they also decorate it, like, for Halloween. They, like, I think that they usually put Nightmare Before Christmas, like, stuff on it. But they still have the 13 lanterns. I don't know. I love Liberty Square in Magic Kingdom. It's just it's... quaint mm-hmm. and pretty. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And the restaurant, the Liberty Tree Tavern, is delish. Oh my God, it's <laughs>
1: Thanksgiving all year. It's so good. Literally, it's all you can eat
0: Thanksgiving <laughs> oh, every so day good. of the year,
1: and it's amazing. And you ask them for tea, and they come with this like handsome, beautiful wooden box, and they open it, and they're like, What would you like? And there's like tea from everywhere, and you could pick whatever you want, and you eat turkey until you can't move, and it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and mac and cheese and mac and cheese like keep bringing it <laughs> fun fact no bathrooms in liberty square nope because That's there true. were no bathrooms in that time Ooh. period yep and that that brown path you walk
0: it's poop Yep, yep, it's supposed to be poop. It's <laughs> representative of poop.
1: That's real. See, I remember those facts. If you relate something, you know, childish, I'll remember it. But, like, something historical, <laughs> like
0: 13 Lanterns, 13 Did you colonies. know that there's a replica of the
3: Liberty Bell? I did. Okay, good. That I knew. <laughs> I, I believe say The fact that Hal Stalmaster, that is his name, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Johnny Tremaine. Yes. His last name. What is it? I love that... That's a very Johnny Depp thing he did, like, just showing up in his yeah. Johnny Tremaine <laughs> costume because Johnny Depp shows up, like, Captain Jack all the time, like, at yeah. random places. I love that he just showed up like that. It's so cool.
1: Because yeah. you know people are going to love that because they yeah. they don't, like, okay, they might love you as an actor, but, like, they love this character. Right. You know, so when you show up like that, that's awesome.
3: Yeah. Especially the kids. I mean, a character shows up, that's the actual person so to show up for the movie premieres when they were doing that 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 was a cool move that he did
2: so um I just feel that the guy that Hal that plays Johnny Tremaine is like the 1950s version of Zac Efron did anybody else see that (laughs) yeah
0: I did (laughs) yeah I was wondering who he looked like he's quite attractive (laughs) he's cute yeah, he definitely looks like a Zac Efron. And, like, yes. usually I hate,
1: like, you know, the little tail in the back. And I still do, he made but it, he wore it pretty well. He made it look cute. Yeah, it was okay.
2: They were all so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Right. I I do a lot of historical costuming and stuff like that, and so all the bad details just, like, spark out at me. Oh, I ignore sure. them best I can, but those little <laughs> those little tails that they just plopped right there. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: styles change. Do they? <laughs> yeah, they do, thankfully. Well,
2: it's, it's very classic in the 50s and 60s. They would try to emulate historical, you know, looks for historical films and historical television programs, and they were always just so way off, like Yeah. So yeah. Scylla's hair, for example, is like a fifties version of a nineteen I'm uh, not sorry, nineteen seventeen seventy something hairstyle, and it's just looking at it, I'm just like, what's going on there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alrighty, so we've got our characters. Um, first up is Johnny Tremaine. Zach Efron. Zach Efron. <laughs> um, so, in your fun facts, you say that he is a fictional character, but like the story is historically accurate, but like he isn't necessarily a real person, mm-hmm. or he's not a real person, not necessarily he's not a real person right um but I like how i I like his story, how like he has this dream to be. Something. You know, to be like he, you know, he's an apprentice for a reason. That's what he wants to do, but then something unexpected happens. He can't do it anymore, um, and he tries so hard to get like anything. Oh my
3: and god! I, I was
0: little... getting so upset for him as he was like going around town trying to get a job. His little
1: puppy dog face every time someone was like, "Oh, we could have used you," but and, he and just his like
0: fake hurt hand. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't want to laugh at it, but I maybe did in my head a couple times, because it's just, like, he's holding his hand all weird, I'm like, do you want to, like, try and make it look like it's injured at all, or is he just gonna, like, hold his hand funny? Yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead, Amy.
2: So, that, when I was in fifth grade, the first time I saw it, that was, like, a huge sticking point. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with his hand. There's nothing wrong with his hand, because in the... And when he first injured it, the first thing I said to my, my poor fifth grade teacher to my poor fifth grade teacher was well, why wouldn't they just fix it? Like, cut it open and then, like, three scenes later the doctor's like, well, Johnny <laughs> I could fix that for you. And I'm like <laughs> I'm just like see, hey, I told you."
0: Yeah. That's awesome.
2: Maybe he was scared.
0: Go
3: ahead, Lauren. Um, yeah, we read... Uh, We read Johnny Tremaine in fifth grade as well. And the way my teacher handled that was, you know, you read so many chapters during the week. And then Friday you watch the parts you read throughout the week. And I remember when it took, it's been a while since I've read the book. I wanted to reread it before tonight, but couldn't. But I feel like it took a while to get to the whole hand scene where he hurt his hand and then so I remember being really nervous all that week because in the book it sounded just so traumatizing oh. <laughs> so Then like waiting for the scene and then it wasn't all that bad and then the same thing kind of disappointed of like he's not hurt like that <laughs> hand is just fine like he's okay and, and in the book it was just so traumatic like they talk about like the fact that basically his fingers all stuck together yeah. because of the way his skin deformed and it just stuck all together and that's why he couldn't use his hand and um so yeah I just remember that being completely different from the book and then how they handled it in the movie but it is Disney after all and they right. can't traumatize the kids so
0: <laughs> yeah is that is that the scene whenever he hurts his hand where Stella's just like Johnny and she,
3: yes <laughs> just, like, oh. out of
0: nowhere, and I'm just like oh she's really <laughs> upset
2: about this
3: she just had to
2: look away. I love that part. She kind of, like, yeah. does a dramatic, like, head turn, like, oh, I can't even look. Yeah. It's but too true. They tr- don't even... Hard. Yeah, they don't even show... hand. just kind of show, like, the, his palm and then, like, the first knuckle, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see... I thought there was gonna be, like, something where, like, something was burned into his hand and then, like, that would give away that he did this bad thing on the Sabbath and...
0: Yeah. But...
1: Yeah, so I didn't read the book, but it was also a little disappointing.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also just like how he turned into this, like, like, not your typical rebel. I feel like he was kind of on the fence in the beginning. Well, you know, in the beginning of the film, he's just like, who are the Sons of Liberty? Like, I would never do that. But then he, you know, joins them, and it's cool to see him come into that role. Mm-hmm. Um, Just embraces it. Like, and, like, become friends yeah. with... What's his name?
2: I can't remember his name either. Red? Red. Rad. Red. Red? Uh, Red? R-A-D, I think. Raid? Red? Red.
0: Red. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Our <main> man, R. <laughs> R. Uh, yeah, like, his friendship with him grows, and Johnny really steps into the role of, like, being a part of that team i guess you could say um the group sons of liberty
1: i like him though for like being a
0: teenager he's kind of
1: in in a way he's still very reckless but he's very
0: mature in another way i agree he's got like two very different sides to him yeah
2: yes amy so so in the book rad actually i believe dies at the end at the battle of lexington and Concord. And, or no, it wasn't in Concord, it was before that, but he died in some sort of skirmish with the, um, redcoats, and that's why Johnny actually does get his hand fixed, so that he can take up arms in Rad's place. Mm.
1: Yeah. In the movie, they're just like, he can write again, yay! I know (laughs) (laughs) I like that better. (laughs) Not that I want the guy to die, but... Right. It shows more of Johnny's character. (laughs) Yeah. as a book will right well. yes um well,
3: go ahead lauren all right also reading the book because i haven't seen the movie since the fifth grade because um but i just remember that was one of the first books i really loved as a kid but um i felt like in the movie johnny's character was different than the book because I remember when I read the book I felt like he was like this really cocky arrogant young teenager like everything yeah. I do is perfect and I'm the best at everything and I always have to be the best but then in the film I I didn't get that from yeah I didn't get the character that from he me. he was more just determined yeah he like just confidence. wanted to do his best yeah and wanted to achieve his goals but he wasn't cocky at all and um because I remember being relieved when I saw the film as a kid like Oh, he's not a jerk. I don't have to <laughs> the movie either. I right? like. <laughs> I grew to love him in the book because he does change. Yeah. Um, he develops a lot in the in the book, but in the movie, he was just a really determined kid, and I really liked that because you know they had to cram the whole story in a shorter amount of time. So I like that they they always just showed his determination grow instead of having to change his attitude in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really smart move. I like it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I didn't, I didn't catch that at all. Obviously, because they didn't make it like that in the movie. But it's cool mm-hmm. to see that it's different. Mm-hmm. I want to read the book. Well but... put his own twist on it. Yeah, he always does. <laughs> <laughs> um, So next up, we have Sil Priscilla Lapham, who is Little
1: Luana Patton,
0: <laughs> so dear to my
1: heart small little girl that's her it's kind of
0: crazy to see because like to me i was like oh we just did that movie but like this is a there's a huge (laughs) time between like when that movie came out to when this one came out no she should only be a few weeks older that doesn't make sense (laughs) um well i don't think her acting is very good i'm sorry Oh, I didn't mind her. I movie. just don't. I don't know. I don't like her. I'm sorry, guys. I don't Man, like her. Man, you don't
1: like Lu- Luana. You don't like
0: Bobby, her buddy. I like Fess Parker. Right. <laughs> he's not in this film, but... Um, <laughs> One
1: of the ones he's not in.
0: <laughs> no, I just think that, like, her acting is kind of like... Though, I guess some acting in the 50s, like, was just kind of like this for some roles. It was just, like, she just would react, and her reactions were like... It's like she wasn't really a part of it. The camera was just on her face and she had to, like, react to something and it wasn't, like, <laughs> happening in real time and, like, you could tell that it was pieced together. Yeah. That's... So it made her not look like yeah. a good actor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What I did like about her character, though, like, in the story is how she comes to Johnny's defense in the trial.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. she stood her ground.
0: I mean, she's the reason why he got off, mm-hmm. right? So.
1: Yeah. mm mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, especially for that time joins.
0: Like she joins them those Sons of Liberty, like walking through Boston. That's Uh, at the end, right? And they're singing that good old song. Oh yeah.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And I like that. Mm -hmm. It's cute.
3: I like how she's also during even though she's defending him, she's defending herself at the same time because they're like, Don't you like him? Don't you have a relationship with him? She's like, No. I'm not in love with him. I don't have any feelings for him. He's just innocent. That's all. (laughs) Yeah.
2: If I remember correctly, in the book, they were not exactly betrothed, but they were, like, they were intended for each other. Mm -hmm. When when he became a master smith, they were going to get married. And they were... They didn't like each other, per se, but they were like, eh, I can live with her. I can live with him. That's, that's how marriage works these days. You know, those days.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm glad life's different.
3: <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, ahead, I don't know then. if you remember from reading the book, but I felt like Priscilla's character was a little different, too. It has been a while, so I could be wrong, but I feel like remembering in the book Priscilla was more soft spoken in the beginning and she kind of found her voice later Um, but she was always the sweet kind um, gentle one and in the film I feel like they gave her some more spunk like she was a little feisty from the beginning like telling Johnny like that's not a good idea or should you really be doing that or even just standing up for herself if someone said something that she didn't really agree with like she always had an opinion in, in the movie and if I feel like i remember from the book she had to develop that
1: i like it i like that they gave her so much like so much of her standing her ground or like saying what she believed in and it wasn't just like for that time period too you know like that really was made me feel say, good
0: like i feel in the you know in the 1700s like it had to have been frowned upon for her to do what she did in the court system right i would guess yeah like to yeah. walk in there and defend him against this rich Brit- he's British, right? This rich, like British general. Was he a general? I'm not sure. Know. I didn't like him, so. No, I didn't like him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I appreciated that she did that. That was like girl power.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I don't yes.
1: remember who James this is, Otis. But I put him down because he's Jeff York, who was
2: in Westward Ho.
1: Do you guys remember who James Otis he is? was? He mm-hmm. was. Yes.
2: James Otis was the um, son of son of Liberty that they brought in at the end, and he gave. He oh, was. Yeah, they yeah. said, "Oh, we gotta have. Make sure he's yes. there." And he gave the speech. He was a real person, and um, the. This- The story's basically what they tell, that he kind of was losing it, like he got in a skirmish or got hit by a, kicked by a horse or something, but he did in fact, like, start the Sons of Liberty, and, you know, they did, I believe they did bring him around at the end because he started it, but, you know, he was a real person. (laughs) I
0: remember him now. Yeah,
1: I liked how um, all of them, all the Sons of Liberty were like, no, it's really important that he comes, like, we know he's kind of losing it, maybe, we don't know, but like... He, yeah, he was the beginning of all of this, like, he needs to be here, because this might be the last of all of this. And right. then he comes in, and he, like, gives this grand speech, and... Jonathan Light.
0: So he's she... the jerk.
1: He's horrible. He's <laughs> horrible. I didn't like him the second I saw him. And I then he just like got his, worse.
0: I don't like his hair. Yeah. His hair
2: was actually very accurate for the time, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Terrible. <laughs> terrible (laughs) oh yeah no that's true as well yeah (laughs)
0: yeah so jonathan light um he is the guy who takes johnny to court over stealing he claims he claims that johnny stole the communion cup um, that was in his home. but actually, it was just Johnny Tremaine's mom's cup because that is Jonathan Light's sister. So Johnny's related to him, Unfortunately. Um, but Syl comes and saves the day, as we've already said. And then uh, nothing really seems to work out for Jonathan Light after that. So it's good. <laughs> I
1: like I like how um Jonathan invited him over, invited yeah. Johnny over and was gonna like offer to take him to England and like because I don't know. but Johnny's like, nope, like, even if you really did want to give me this offer, I wasn't going to take it anyway. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I mean, that would have been, like, a life of yeah. riches and, right. you know, a life of ease. But Johnny was just like, nope, you a jerk. I'm not going with
2: you. <laughs> yeah. I liked at, at the end um, of that whole scene when he, he Johnny's walking out and he kind of gives him this look and it's sort of like a, slightly dismissive, but a look of, like, yeah, you got a backbone there, boy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, I'm a little bit proud of you. <laughs> a little bit proud of you.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. It was hard, though, for me to... Like, he was a jerk. His character's a jerk, but it, at first it was hard for me to separate that because I got so excited when I first saw him because I was like, oh my gosh, it's Sebastian Cabot. Like, I love him. He's the in the Jungle Book and oh. the narrator in Winnie the Pooh. And... um He's in the sword in the stone somewhere. I forget which character he is, but he's done other Disney stuff than all the other stuff he did. He's a character you really like, or at least makes you laugh. So I got all excited when I saw him and then I was like, Oh, he's the jerk. Shoot. So, and then just after that, I was like, Oh yeah, he's going to be the bad guy. It's okay. But-
1: <laughs> the other two, um, Samuel Adams and Paul Revere. I just thought we should mention because they're obviously huge historical figures um, And it was just yes. cool. Like, even though, as we said, Johnny Tremaine is fictional, we see all of these real people. Right. And get to learn more about what went on in those meetings, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really neat. And then, of course, but I was disappointed when Paul rode through the streets and didn't yell the British are coming, which I think is actually like a myth anyway, but I just wanted mm-hmm. to hear it. Yeah. Did they <laughs> say the red coats are coming? He did at one point, yeah.
2: It. Historically, it would have been the regulars are coming, like the regular troops, I guess. I, I, I regular regimented. I can't remember exactly, but I know it's the regulars hmm. were would have been the most similar to the redcoats or the British are coming that he would have said. I just wanted to hear it, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did too. But you know, I'll survive. It's okay. Also, Sam Adams got some got some beer, right? Me either.
2: My, um, yeah, his face was enormous. I just couldn't get over that. Every time I watched like him on the screen, and I looked up (laughs) pictures of him to see if it was like he just had a really big face, and he did. But I feel like his wig just like made it made it look even bigger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that we're not the only ones that like pick apart people not based on their character or anything like that i know
2: <laughs> oh, i'm just kidding well it, it's a very nice enormous face <laughs> it's just enormous it's just you have a large face
1: i'm just pointing out a fact yep <laughs> exactly exactly
0: Alrighty. so favorite characters and scenes i just figured that we'll go in the same order we did the disney dash and how about that me amy lauren you okay okay So, favorite character, um, I'm actually gonna go with Red, if that's how you say his name. Red, whatever, R, you know. So, (laughs) I liked how he was kind of like the ringleader of the younger portion of the uh, Sons of Liberty. He seemed like somebody that I could get along with. He seemed like somebody that I potentially share morals with. Um... (coughs) He doesn't let people walk around, walk over him. But you can walk around him. You can walk around him, but you can't walk (laughs) over him. Um... But I just, like, I liked how he had a friendship with Johnny, but also, like, he was a leader. And I feel like, at parts of the movie, Johnny looked up to him, and, um... I mean, he's the reason why Johnny got interested in the Sons of Liberty and eventually joined it. Um, I don't know. I just liked him. There we go. So, my favorite scene (laughs) is I think I'm going to have to go with the Boston Tea Party. It was exciting, it was rebellious, it was historical.
1: Dumb me was picturing like tea bags floating in the sea, and I was like, "Oh, duh! It would loose be loose tea. tea in giant bags." Does that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> I liked,
0: but I liked the the Boston Tea Party.
2: Um, my favorite character would be the doctor that fixed Johnny's hand, and that really more dates back to me as a child when I said that for the entire movie, all I could think was that was. They could fix his hand. That was pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> Described fairly early on. Oh, yeah, just like, do, 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 it's going to be fine. You know, a couple of moments of pain. And then he finally does it. And it's like, yay, Johnny's hand's good again. Like um, um My favorite scene would actually be when he gets, um, when he melt- burns slash melts his hand, when Johnny hurts his hand. And it's just, just because there's so much going on in that scene, uh, you have you know they're all in their like church clothes and they're pumping the bell- bellows and they're panicking that the constable is coming around and they're breaking the the Sabbath, um, and so the the penalty, if I remember correctly, for breaking the Sabbath, do, not doing anything like really bad, is you get fired. so <laughs> so it nobody was going. To jail, but they were still super panicking, and that um his master's wife actually was the one who made made the whole thing happen. Like she bumped into him, knocked the silver over, bumped into Johnny, Johnny hand down into the silver, and it was it was all her fault. <laughs> in my and, and I don't know why, like but Mina. just all that going on. Yeah, she was terrible in the next scene, and it was yeah. all her fault. Also from. Like a, a having an apprentice standpoint, even though it was her husband's apprentice, realistically, she and her daughter would have been the ones to like tend to his wound initially, like rat up, make sure everything's clean, you know, before he's able to do it himself. And clearly, she just did a terrible job because his hands grew together.
0: Yeah. <laughs> True. Oh, man. She was not a nice person.
2: No. No. Not at all.
3: <laughs> uh, let me see. I think my favorite character is Johnny, uh, mainly because I'm a huge fan of the Underdog. Mm-hmm. and the poor guys and underdog through the whole thing. Like, at first, it's because he's the apprentice and he wants to grow in his trade, but he's the new kid on the block, so to speak, and he's got a lot to learn. and then, that's taken away from him. So then he's the underdog in the sense that no one will hire him and now he can't learn a trade. And then it's, he's starting all over with something else. But, um, I just really like his determination in the film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's just a really solid guy and just doesn't let anyone push him around and does stands up for what's right. And he just has, he's got a lot of guts and I really like that about him. And, So, my favorite scene is when, I loved that scene where he keeps trying to learn how to ride the horse when his hand is hurt, because, I mean, Mm -hmm. he can't, no one else will hire him to do anything else. He's trying to figure out, what can I do? And he takes on this ultimate challenge of riding a horse that, didn't they say this horse is hard to ride in the first place? Goblin. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, he takes the ultimate challenge. Like, first of all, you kind of need both hands to hold on to this massive horse that's like throwing you all over the place and a horse that is hard to ride in for anybody let alone a guy that can only hold on with one hand so mm-hmm. i really love that scene he keeps getting thrown off but he keeps getting back on and i think doesn't i think rad like keeps telling him okay we're done we're done and john's like no no like not until i get it and i really like that scene because oh, it just good. showed like who he
1: is yeah! Shout out to Rad waving that white flag around. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, taking the horse's muzzle. <laughs> um,
1: my favorite character is also Johnny, just because he's he's so young and he just has so much confidence for someone that young. Yeah. Um, he doesn't let life drag him down, even when bad things happen to him. Um, as Lauren said, like he just literally just got back up again and tried again. He's resilient. Yeah, he's very resilient. I like that. Favorite scene? I usually go with one that made me laugh. So, there's a scene that no one's even going to remember it because it's very small. There's a scene early on where Johnny and Rad are talking and they're, like, eating. They're always eating bread in this movie, which made me hungry because I love <laughs> bread. They're eating and, like, Johnny asks him a question, so the camera pans to him, and, like, for that, you can just tell, like, he took too big of a bite of bread before his line, and he's, like, trying to, like, like, eat up this bread so he can speak. (laughs) It was hilarious. Uh, Do you remember that? No. We are gonna
0: have to go watch that scene. It was great. That's funny. (laughs) Like, he's, like, licking his lips real quick, trying to get the little pieces of bread. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, Alright, uh, least favorite character in scene Least favorite character, I'm gonna go Jonathan Light He's just not a nice person Um, closely behind the wife of the silver guy She also was not nice the silver guy <sighs> Whatever Um, least favorite scene Is probably I think that I think I'm gonna go with when he hurts his hand, just because it's sad. I know that that was your favorite, Amy, but it is.
2: No, it's... I get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a good scene. It's a good scene, but it's sad, and also I didn't like Sills acting in that scene, so I'm gonna go with that one.
2: Okay, this one's hard. My least favorite character. I think I think I would go with the uh, silversmith's wife. She was just she was just pretty terrible. Uh, she panicked knocked over the silver threw Johnny into it and then you know blames Johnny months later or weeks to months later when his hands all messed up and just has no she has absolutely no concern or sympathy for Johnny and his situation she she just goes straight to well we aren't bound to him anymore are we because you know he can't do this and it's and her husband kind of puts her in her place in a sense. I hate hate that that term, but you know, it's like no, no, his contracts with me. He's a good boy. You stay out of this. Is basically what she he told him, he told her, and because she's just terrible, she's just yeah. awful.
0: He just stuck up. He stood up for him. Yes. So, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I agree oh. with both of you. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I have to agree with both those answers I'm debating. I'm like, I don't know which one I disliked more with, um, mm-hmm. um, what was his first name? The Jonathan. Light. Jonathan. Light. Jonathan Light. Yes. Or the Silversmith's wife, because they're both terrible. Um, but I think I'll have to go with Jonathan Light just because, like, he, maybe because he has more opportunity to be horrible. He's in it a lot yeah. longer, but also just, he, um yeah, he's just really selfish guy. He's so awful to this kid and does, goes to extreme lengths to make life harder for others. And it's just like, at what cost? I mean, mm-hmm. aren't you exhausted by now? So, yeah. He,
0: yeah,
3: but yet he was kind of, he kind of brought his own form of comic relief because of how horrible he was. It's like, you have to laugh at how ridiculous he is. So yes. yeah, but he was my least favorite character. Yes. Um, Least favorite scene. It's really hard because I liked the movie. It really so it's is. hard to say like I didn't like a part of the movie or didn't care for a part or liked it the least. I can't even think of a scene I would say I liked the least. But I guess that's a good problem yeah, to have. <laughs> it's
1: exactly. It's like oh, yeah. that's a thing. I guess I'm I
3: can't like think of a part you. of the movie I didn't like, so but yeah, the the whole hand scene, I just remember I had flashbacks as a kid reading it and just how sad it was then and then it was still sad in the movie even if he looked like he was fine. It's just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah so burning his hand. That was, was a downer.
1: Um, least favorite character? I have to say Jonathan Light, of course. But I also want to say I don't really like the silversmith himself. I like the part where he stands up for Johnny but I don't like that he wouldn't just let Johnny try Ooh. to make this cup or whatever it was. Just let the kid try.
0: Yeah. How else is he going to learn as an apprentice if you don't just, like, give him something to try on? He's just like, I'm sure I can do it. And if he fails, okay,
1: life (laughs) lesson. If he succeeds, awesome. This kid's good at what he does. And because of that, he ended up burning his hand. So really, it's this guy's fault. Just saying. And least favorite scene, I'm I'm with Lauren. I liked it. I liked the whole thing. None of it was, like dry or, like, slow to me. I liked it all. It was an interesting story the entire time. Mm-hmm. Did you have something you wanted to add?
2: Yeah. Oh, um, well, no, my, my least favorite scene, because I never actually got to say that, but my oh, least yeah. favorite scene <laughs> was when he was going looking for, like, a new job, and the, the final person he goes to just kind of says to him, well, why would I hire someone... With only one oh. good hand. When there are boys yeah. out there with two good hands. And I'm just like, who says that to someone then? You know, like, who, at all. Who yeah. says that? You don't say it to that. You might say, son, I'm sorry. I, I really need to hire someone with two good hands. I apologize. You know, I'm sorry, man. I can't hire you. Not, who would hire them? You know. Yeah. Right. It makes me mad. <laughs> You're so right.
1: You're so right. I didn't like that mm. either. Yeah. He's a jerk. But Johnny just kept trucking on.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, last question for everybody is what we took away from the film. Um, so I just think that I what I take away from it is that it's interesting to me that the people who were defending their rights were called the rebels. Uh, so it's not always a bad thing to be quote rebellious. Sometimes that is the right path. And I just think that sometimes people should take a leaf out of this Sons of Liberty's book. Every time they said rebels, I thought of Star Wars.
2: <laughs> yeah, yes. yes
3: thank you. Yeah, every time. <laughs> yeah. The Rebel Alliance.
2: <laughs> so for me, uh, so for me, the watching the movie again reminded me that all this history I was watching is actually my local history. Yeah. And like I said about the Liberty Tree Mall, and I remember I actually have somewhere I couldn't find it, I did look, one of the replicas of the Liberty Tree Sons of Liberty coin. Oh, um, Coin networks. It looked so hard I couldn't find it. And <laughs> the, obviously Boston we talked about, that I think uh, I mentioned the Boston Tea Party boat. Um, also lexington and concord i ran a 10k next to that actual battle green last like two years ago it just occurred to me i got a little pop-up saying hey this thing's this event's coming up and i was like wait that's literally the where the shot hurt shot heard round the world happens so yeah. it just minded it just made me re- realize wow there's just like a lot of history around me and i really should go check it out more significantly in the future.
1: Yeah. I get that because, I mean, there's history where we live too. And um, it also took me until like last year or no, earlier this year to actually like go and look at things, go look at the Declaration of Independence. Like, good God, that's literally like. Yeah. That's literally like my history, and like it took how long to go and see it. So you just don't think about those those things, and when you do, yeah. it's like it's really nice to have that kind of an appreciation for it.
0: Yeah, a lot of the times your least explored area is where you live. Hmm. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, there's more fun things where you live
1: than the than you think there are. You mm-hmm. just live there, so you're like, eh, I want to be somewhere else. Right. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, something I took away from the movie and the story is you don't have to be the main character, so to speak, to make a difference because um, my fiance actually watched it with me. He's a major history buff. So I knew he'd enjoy this one and something he pointed out um, made a lot of sense. He was saying, you know, why is this story Johnny Tremaine? He's not the one who's in charge of everything. He's a messenger. And, yeah what he did was important and it follows his story but compared to like other people and what's going on and i thought that was an interesting point because i didn't see it that way but um i like that they focused on him because Mm -hmm. he um yeah he's just a kid who gets down on his luck and then he plays a part in the sons of liberty but he's not one of the main guys out there making a difference so to speak from their view he literally is like sharing secret messages but that's important too like they couldn't have gotten anything done right without every single part involved and and then he went on to get more involved and so it's kind of like um one of the messages of the story to me was like everybody matters every part is important um it doesn't take a big gesture to make a big difference
1: yeah I like Mm -hmm. that because you can kind of like it's no secret that me and Meg, like, participate in marches and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And we like to stand up for what we believe in. Um, and mm-hmm. we're not people in power. So I can actually, from that point of view, I can see myself in Johnny, you know? Yeah. Like, you're part of it, but you're not Paul Revere or right. Samuel Adams, you know what I mean? But, like, if you weren't there, you have a part in it. Yeah. You have a purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, No matter how small. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, I'll take that away, and I'll also just take away, I mean, don't let life beat you down. Sometimes something horrible can happen to you, but, I mean, look what Johnny did. He just kept going until he found something he could do, and then he ended up loving what he did and embracing it fully. Does anybody have anything else to add before we move on to our Disney memory? Two thumbs up for Johnny Tremaine. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Two fully functioning thumbs. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
2: his thumb was fine. That's right.
1: (laughs) So why couldn't he still hold on to the horse reins? You you can still grab.
2: So didn't fit the story, Katie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Got it. So I guess last minute thoughts. I
0: really liked this movie. I'll give it two thumbs up.
1: (laughs) Two thumbs up. All right. So this week's Disney memory comes from Samantha Goddard. She says, I have so many favorite Disney memories, but one stands out. It is also associated with some of my favorite Christmas memories. When I was six years old, I got my first boombox for Christmas. Shout out to boomboxes. (laughs) Uh, With the boombox, I got two CDs, Britney Spears and Disney's Christmas collection. Who else just blasted Lucky a thousand times? Mm -hmm. Yes. I immediately popped the Disney CD in the boombox and learned all the songs within 24 hours. I will forever <laughs> love that version of 12 Days of Christmas, while my grandparents will always groan whenever I play it. This That Christmas was also the first Christmas in which my grandma introduced me to Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. That movie has become one of my favorite, one of my holiday favorites, and almost 20 years later, I still watch it at least twice every Christmas season. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Disney has had a huge presence in my life since day one. My grandparents raised me, so I'm very close with both of them, but I often think back to being a little girl who would watch The Lion King, and then suddenly Grandpa would join in, and seeing colors of the wind in the car on long drives with Grandma. From pictures of me in a Lion King outfit, a Halloween as Pocahontas, as well as a Mulan themed birthday party, Disney has been there like an old friend, a warm hug from my Grandma, and a cozy blanket on a sick day. These movies will always bring me back to an easier time, and I'm so glad that I get to be a grown-up kid. I love that. My favorite. thing she, I know is when that people call themselves grown-up. I know Samantha
0: <laughs> was just on an episode not too long ago, and I know that she talked about her grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she mentioned Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. I can't remember, but we're all mixed up with these episodes, guys. I know, but um, <laughs> but I love that. Yeah, I love.
1: Yeah, I love the extreme emotional tie
0: I had a Lion King costume it was like one of those it was like a whole like walk-in suit that you put on It was, I you, you just about... like pulled it up and you were Simba and then you had this like hat thing that you put on your head that was like Simba's mouth was like over your head and you were yes. so like,
3: do you know what I'm talking mm. about? like I do down. it's like yeah. your
0: face was sticking out of the mouth yes. of
1: the character which was weird
3: but
0: yes. 90s costumes
1: I was put there once I was, was Pooh Bear as well once. I got mad because this one lady just kept calling me a bear, and I'm like, I'm Pooh bear. <laughs> poo <laughs> bear. just any old bear. So, thank you, Samantha, for sharing your memory with us. And I'm sure that we'll see you on a future episode as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you'd like to have your Disney memory featured on the show, please email us at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com. It could be absolutely anything Disney-related, so send it our way, and we'll be sure to read
0: it on a future episode. Lauren, you need to write in your new favorite Disney memory when you go on your cruise, and yeah. then we'll read it. Yes, yes,
3: <laughs> well, my favorite thing that happened—it'll be hard to pick, I'm sure. But. Alrighty,
0: so thank you to Lauren and Amy. We appreciate you joining us. These
3: today. girls
1: put up with like 20 reschedules and sicknesses. And yeah,
0: so we appreciate it. We super appreciate it. Um. Amy, do you want to uh, give a plug about your podcast? Well, thank you. Yes,
2: I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend Julie and I have a podcast called One Little Spice. It is a Disney food podcast. So great companion for watching your movies. Yeah. And um, it's on all the places that one- grown up kids are on. Uh, we have, you can find us One Little Spice on tw- Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We're on Tee Public and Patreon. Um, we basically just talk about mainly Disney Parks foods, but we also ch- have a YouTube channel where we t- show you how to cook Disney foods in your own home so you can bring sort of the Disney food magic into your own kitchen. It's a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> it is. They, yeah. have, they have a vlog on the um, beer cheese soup from Food and Wine and
0: It's delicious. It's so it's there all the time at (gasps) La Salier. What? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, that soup is in La Salier. Oh man. (laughs) Oh man (laughs) Oh well that's exciting.
1: Let's go back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but check them out. I mean who doesn't love food and who doesn't love specifically Disney food? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I want to give a special best wishes from Meg and I to Lauren on her upcoming wedding. Yeah. I hope it's magical and amazing. And I hope you have fun on your honeymoon. honeymoon.
3: Yes, thank
0: you. And we want to hear all about it. It's
1: finally
3: here.
0: (laughs) I understand that feeling. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, guys, so Grown Up Kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify.
0: So make sure you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on all the different social media channels. We're on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, the Disney Podcast, and Twitter and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Pod to gain access to Extra Magic Hours, our bonus podcast um also if you're interested in being a guest on the show you can go to our facebook discussion group i've posted a document with our comprehensive list of movies that we'll be watching along with all the availability to be on the show so make sure that you check out the list and then just comment on that post or you can email us or message us on facebook and let us know what you're interested in and then i'll get you on the list if it's available so thank you so much for listening. Make sure to watch Perry ahead of next week's episode.
1: Is that the one with the squirrel?
0: That's the one with the squirrel. Oh,
1: man. <laughs> and don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway.
0: All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here, age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth
3: may savor the challenge and promise of the future.